Aloha and welcome to another episode of the English 2.0 podcast, the podcast for ambitious English students who want to become fluent English speakers, global communicators, and real-world English 2.0 performers. My name is Al. Thank you for joining me today. Today we are going to do current events episode number 10. So we try to do a current events episode once a month to keep you all informed of what's going on in the world. And again, the purpose of current events is to, of course, you know, learn about a current topic that is hot in the news or hot in the world. And, you know, learn some of the vocabulary that goes along with it so that you can, you know, participate in discussions with your friends, your classmates, colleagues. And also you can hear me go through an article and you can hear my voice read through the article, hopefully at a natural pace with natural pronunciation. Today we're going to do an article from VOA News. Now, VOA News is a site that I always recommend uh, for news and English practice, English study. And on that site, they have a special section called Learning English. And so today's article is from that section. Now, they divided that up into beginning, intermediate, and advanced levels. Now, I've gone through it, and just thinking about my students, I think um, the beginning or beginner level is pretty simple. So if you do, you know, if you're worried about, you know, if it's too hard, I mean, give it a shot, and I think you'll find that the beginner level is quite simple. And then the intermediate level is also, I don't think it's too challenging for most of you. And today I'm, I'm choosing a an article from the advanced section. And again, it's not terribly difficult. It just means that the vocabulary level is a little bit higher and the topic may be just a little bit more complicated. But it, actually, it's not that hard in my opinion. So don't get worried about that. Just click on the link to uh, follow along. Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes as well. And if you want to follow along, this article is called Classes starting, but international students failing to get U.S. visas. So maybe this is affecting some of you out there. Uh, this is about students that are unable to get visas to the U.S., student visas, uh, because of, well, we're going to talk, talk about why in the article here in just a moment. Before we get started with the article, please make sure that you are following and you are subscribed to the English 2.0 podcast, and please share this episode with a friend, a classmate, or a colleague, and that would be really appreciated. Help more people find the English 2.0 podcast. Help us grow bigger so that we can expand to even more countries around the world. I don't know how many are left. I think we've reached over 190, so there's got to be a couple left (laughs) out there, but uh, help us to reach those Uh, countries that we haven't reached yet. All right. So let's get started again. The article is called Classes Starting, but International Students Failing to Get U.S. Visas. All right. So let's get started here. I'm going to read through the article, and I'll pause every so often to give my comments, and then I'll come in at the end to recap and give my final thoughts. All right. So let's get started. Kofi Owosu's classes at Villanova University in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, are about to start this Monday. But his in-person meeting at the United States Embassy in Accra, Ghana, for student visa is still nine months away. 
It is the second time that Owosu will not make it to the U.S. in time for school. Quote from Owosu. I think they should just open up the system, said Owosu. He told Reuters, They are operating on a rather limited schedule, so I think they can broaden it and give students priority. All right, let's pause there. So that's the first part, and they are telling it from the perspective of one student. You can uh, tell that student is from Ghana. His name is Kofi Owosu, trying to get into Villanova University in Philadelphia. Now, one thing to mention is, oh, he told Reuters. Now, Reuters, um, if you have followed along the uh, current events episodes, Reuters is just another news uh website or news source okay like you might have heard of ap associated press so they are kind of news providers so maybe reuters are the people that interviewed him for this particular article so as you can see or as you can tell so far it's the in-person meeting or in-person interview that's been delayed so let's continue to the next section so there's a heading here A drop in international students. The U.S. requires an in-person interview for international students to get a visa. Educational support groups say students find it difficult to get an appointment since the embassies are operating with fewer workers during the health crisis. This has left some foreign students unable to get to the U.S. for the start of the school year. And the educational groups are now calling for the U.S. to drop in-person interviews or conduct them online. All right, we'll pause there again. So again, it's that in-person interview or in-person meeting that is causing the delays. And the reason is there's fewer workers, of course, during this health crisis, the COVID-19 pandemic, which I guess, you know, to some extent is pretty understandable. However, they could be conducting them online. I agree. So why not? Let's follow along. Let's move on. All right, so there's a picture here. I'm going to scroll past that down to the next section. All right, let's continue. A U.S. State Department spokesperson said students should start the visa process early. He added that the department considers appointments for the students first and speeds up the process as needed. Last year, the U.S. permitted embassy officials to drop required in-person interviews to help visa processing slowed by the pandemic. Students renewing their visas within a year before it ends are not required to meet in person through December 2021. All right, let's stop. Um, So did I read that right? He said, okay, the spokesperson, they don't mention his name, but he said that um, last year they permitted... Uh, U.S. permitted embassy officers to drop the required in-person interviews. Hmm. So he's saying they dropped them last year, but maybe they brought them back for this year. Let's move on. Maybe they'll mention more. The Institute of International Education, or IIE, said new international student enrollment in the United States dropped 43% in the autumn of 2020 from the year before. The drop came after months of pandemic restrictions around the world. The organization, however, found that the real number of new students who made it to the U.S. in person fell 72%. IIE numbers show the United States has had over 1 million international students each year 
since the 2015-2016 school year. The wait and the difficulty threaten both America's standing as a place for international students and the money they bring into the country. The amount is estimated to be $40 billion each year to the universities and local communities. All right, let's pause there. All right, so they estimated a drop of 43%, or they saw that, in the enrollment, so they actually, you know, the paperwork. But actually, what they, you know, the people that actually came, a 72% drop. Now, if you think about it, to me, I mean, it's kind of understandable thinking about all the travel restrictions and, you know, how hard it was, you know, in those, you know, during 2020, especially in the early months of the pandemic. So I'm not totally surprised at that number. Um, However, if there is, you know, something, maybe this interview that is, you know, different from other countries, as I think we're going to read in just a moment, um, yeah, that could be something to look at for sure because, as I said, it's, you know, in terms of the money, it's a big revenue generator for the U.S. as a country, and we may be losing out on some of that. <laughs> Again, I don't. It's, the money issue is not really so important to me, but they do mention it here in the article. All right, so let's continue on. The next section is called Losing Talent. NAFSA is a nonprofit group of international educators. Its research found that even before COVID, the U.S. visa process was one of the top three reasons for falling international student numbers between 2017 and 2019. The U.S. social and political environment and competition from other countries' universities were the other two. Let's stop there. All right, so even before COVID, now they've mentioned this group, NAFSA. They don't tell what it stands for, so I'm not quite sure about that. But it's a group of international educators, so their research found that even before COVID, this U.S. visa process was the top reason, or one of the top three reasons for the drop in numbers, in international student numbers. So also the social and political environment, as well as uh, competition from other countries. So we're going to hear about those right now. So let's continue. Ravi Shankar is the director of the International Services Office at the University of Rochester in New York. He named Canada, Britain, and China as the top U.S. competitors for international students. Shankar said, we live in danger of losing talent. Other Western countries make it easier for international students to study there, Owosu said. I've been to school in the UK. He added, I didn't go through the stress of seeking for an interview. All right, that's interesting. Let's stop there or pause. So now this, um, they're bringing back the student from the beginning, Owosu. He said he did um, go to the UK and he didn't have to do the interview. So this in-person interview is really a um, something that's stopping people from coming to the U.S. to study, it appears, from this article. All right, which is a shame because, yeah, they could be doing it online. They wouldn't have to lose anybody in terms of work because a lot of people are, you know, in other industries and other 
countries around the world are still continuing to do business, facilitate their business and industry online from home. And so I'm not sure why this couldn't be the case for this interview, but let's continue. Sarah Spritzer is the Director of Government Relations at the American Council on Education. She said she thinks the U.S. government is trying to be, quote, a more welcoming United States, end quote. This year, American universities received 13% more applications from international students than from the year before. The numbers came in from Common App, which students use to apply to colleges yearly. Suwale P. Tan is a student at the Savannah College of Art and Design in Georgia. She considers herself lucky to have secured an appointment in June at the U.S. Embassy in Yangon, Myanmar. She waited more than three hours for her 10-minute meeting. Pitan believes the meeting could have been done online instead of in person. She said, quote, It's just that one interview that's keeping everyone from going to the States, end quote. All right, so that's the end of the article. All right, so as you can tell, the kind of the main point here is <laughs> highlighting the difficulty of the American visa process for students, namely that in-person interview. Um, they do mention she did. Uh, Sarah Spritzer did mention that the um, number of applications are up this year from last year, and that's again to be expected since the travel restrictions are a little bit lighter uh, this year compared to last, but just 13% more. So it's not a large increase. Um, so, yeah, it's very to me, it's very interesting that other countries don't have the same process. And so, I mean, if I were a student looking to study abroad and, you know, I, it didn't really matter to me it didn't have to be the U.S., then, yeah, I would heavily consider another country where the process was easier. Um, yeah, just uh, it seems like that uh, thing, you know, that's standing in, as, you know, this last student said, it's that last interview that's standing in the way of a lot of students attending uh, university in the United States. Now, you know, there may be reasons for that. There may be that may be done on purpose to help filter out people. But on the other hand, as the other student mentioned, you or the other person mentioned, you may be losing talent, uh, losing talented individuals who would be coming to the U.S. Now, that's interesting, though. Another uh, thing I'll wrap up here, and then we will uh, call it an episode. Which is, you know, losing talent, which, you know, it, it, it's interesting to, to look at it that way because, you know, if somebody's coming to study in the U.S. from another country, well, what are their plans after they finish studying? So will they go back to their home country? Do they plan on staying? Or do they plan on finding a whole new home, you know, overall? Uh, so those are interesting questions. I, I don't really know. Maybe you guys can share your insights with me. What do you think? Um, are you studying abroad? Have you studied abroad? Are you currently you know, abroad and thinking about 
staying in the country you're in. Um, if you are not yet, and you're thinking about studying abroad, where would you like to go? And would you like to remain in that particular country or try a different country? Or would you like to go back home and take your talents back to your home country? Those are all interesting things to think about because I think what that person was saying or was thinking was, you know, if that, you know, students come to the U.S. that are very talented, well, perhaps, you know, after staying as a student, maybe they'll want to stay and provide their talents to the, you know, the U.S. economy, the U.S. culture, the U.S. Uh, community. Uh, rather than taking it to another country or going home. But again, that there's a lot of factors involved, so I thought that was um, a pretty interesting comment. But I'd love to hear your comments. Please let me know. So, of course, I'll highlight the... Oh, one more thing about... Sorry, before we wrap up here. So uh, this article also has uh, an audio component, which you can see right on the page that I'll link to. Now, I've listened to the person they use to read the article, so if you want another voice to hear in, in addition to mine, that's fine. Um, in my opinion, he reads the article a little bit slowly, so if you if you feel that my reading is a bit fast, um, you may can try his, um, you know, listening to his version and see if it's a little better for you. I mean, I think he reads it quite slowly, but, um, you know, check it out. And I, I don't think it's really that natural sounding, so... Um, if you if you find my uh, version a little bit, uh, you know, you find it comfortable to listen to, then maybe don't listen to his because I don't think it's that natural. Um, I'd only listen to his if you feel that mine was a hard to understand for you. Um, also, they list some vocabulary, the highlight vocabulary in the article uh, that you can get the meanings of at the bottom of the article. Again, I'll highlight some vocabulary as well in the show notes and also one more interesting thing is they have a quiz at the end as well so you can quiz your understanding of the article at the bottom all right so let's wrap it up there thank you for joining me today on another episode of the english 2.0 podcast this has been another episode of current events again we'll try to do one each month just to keep you up to date and informed and then the current events going on around the world and I really appreciate you guys for joining me today. Please share with a friend, a classmate, and a colleague. And we will see you next time for another awesome episode of the English 2.0 Podcast. And always remember to level up your learning and level up your life.